0: Gath, you're gone. Let's pray that their travels were, wherever they may be or are, are blessed. I have a letter I'm going to read from Nancy the, from the Robin Child Care by way of television so everybody can kind of get a, an alert on that. And then I want to present Chris with a, with a helmet today. Ever since I purchased that helmet, I had Katie and him in mind. And I was going to kind of manufacture it on the Blessing of the Bikes Day that he'd get that helmet one way or the other. I had thought about well, the guy that with the best looking vest and the blessed body in the vest, and I was gonna hopefully get uh, have a particular Sunday when Katie was here. So I I really believe that God is allowing Katie to listen by way of all of it some time and she always appreciated the fact that maybe when she couldn't be in church, Chris was in church. There's many husbands and wives that almost resent the fact that their spouses in church, but Katie was always excited about the blessing of the bikes. And she always trusted you, Chris, when you were behind the wheel, didn't she? She never wanted to take the, the bike away from you. I know a lot of my biker friends, they, they, their wives aren't so sure they want to be seated either next to them or in front of them or behind them. So are we ta- are, we're we taping in the pews, but are we also taping by, by the cell phone? I had a wonderful um, Sunday school class. And then maybe you can share a little bit about what you've been working on this past week, (coughs) keeping in mind two former pastors of closed churches. So we want to welcome all those by way of television and radio and Facebook, YouTube. Um, uh, It's a real privilege to come before you uh, to utilize this next hour to try to uh, explain to you a number of things by way of Scripture to also share hymns, precious hymns that Clarice, our organist, has chosen. If you have any particular hymns that you'd like played, do let me know and I can let her um, know if that would be a hymn that she'd produce. We're all still grieving the loss of our soloist, Ali Gross, who has so tremendous care in providing solos and uh, if we've been really short on, on that replacement and I know many of you loved our worship service because of solos and music and in the word and how we are faithful to the word while you're unable to come to church. This morning, a number of our folks are on the road. They're traveling. They have other commitments in that, but we're trying to remain faithful to always have a a service for you uh, in some form of, of scripture. And so we thank you for tuning in and we thank the local television station, which has maintained this slot. And even when we exceed the hour, they, they've they given us even an hour and a half, and they've altered and they've changed the following programs to accommodate, you know, all all the events that we wanted to share. At that, I would like to again thank you for your presence, your prayer support, your prayer support, and our opening hymn this morning our opening hymn this july 25th is praise to the lord the almighty purple hymnal number 139 purple hymnal number 139 verses one through three and five if you at this time would stand with me as we turn to praise to the lord the almighty purple hymnals number 139 please verses one through three and five please Thank you. You may be seated, and let us turn to our next hymn, Tell Me the Stories of Jesus, hymn number 277, please. You may be seated. Chris, could I have you come forward? I want my biker friend, my biker friend. Chris, I wanted you to be the first one to place your head in this helmet, crash helmet. And then it's up to you what you're going to do with it from henceforth. But I just always wanted to be the first to place this on Katie's head. And I I know I did mention to you a few weeks before the blessing of the bikes that we were going to maybe kind of auction this off, you know, the highest bidder in that. But I just really feel, you know, I just felt the Lord speak to me and say, you know, Chris, you know, this goes to Chris, and whatever you want to do with it, it was going to be placed first on on Katie's, you know, head. Then, you know, from there you could. But if you're willing to place it first on your head, and we'll get this by way of television that you did, and then you can take it home and and sometimes the story was that. That Samuel Wesley and John and Charles Wesley they had, uh, uh, Susanna Wesley they had 17 kids and whenever Susanna wanted to pray you know it would be pretty hard to separate yourself from all the 17 children she'd take her apron and she'd throw it over her head and whenever that was over her head the kids knew that they were praying either for you know one of the children or something or For Samuel, because Samuel was an Anglican minister. So, in that, Katie's looking down from heaven. I'll hold your sunglasses as you put that in there, unless you're worried about messing up your hair there. You put it on. Let's give Katie a round of applause. And she wasn't going to be able to be here, but that's her devoted, loving husband, the first one that put it on, and first one to move it. And let's give um, Chris a round of applause. And if you ever, you can, you can wear that to church rather than a stocking cap. Or if you want to go to prayer, you can just pray into that mic. The Lord will hear you wherever. But, you know, I think Susanna Wesley, the mother of John and Charles Wesley, would approve. You don't have to worry. Re- well, you've never worn an apron, I don't think. But you can just put that helmet on. And you can either put the face mask down or you can just go to the Lord in prayer. Amen. Let's give the Lord a round of applause. Father God, this morning, we want to thank you that there's, according to Hebrews chapter 11, there's a host of heaven that the saints that have gone on to glory that are at this moment worshiping with us. There seems to be that opening in the clouds of heaven, wherever heaven may be located, that are opened to the saints of God in worship. And we we really believe as, as we worship, we're taking in consideration that that promise in Hebrews chapter eleven, the the saints that have gone on before us are the portals of heaven are opened and and we can get in touch with our loved ones. I remember uh, J. Samuel Smith and he was always touched when he could be with his family in church and those early days when Darwin and Marilyn were in church with, with Du and Drew and Ryan and her daughter, and and remember the many families that are here, Marie Waite, and we thank you for the many families by way of television. I, I really believe that the portals of heaven are opened when, when we worship and that there's communication between our loved ones. The uh, Catholics may call it at almost a form of pur- purgatory or that area between heaven and hell or heaven and earth. And that's an area that they consider purging of sins, but we as Protestants we, we believe that our destination is determined by where we put Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. And that the plan of salvation is, is so easy. It's just the A, B C's that all of us have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And then B, we need to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. and then C, we need to confess Him as our Lord and Savior. Confess our sins. Confess Him as the Forgiver and the Savior. In that doorway, heaven is open. As we communicate with our with our loved ones during worship, we thank you, Lord, this day for our Sunday school class and Ira. We pray for Robin Childcare as I make this announcement in in prayer to the airways, and we don't want any confusion or misunderstanding why Robin Childcare is is closing. We we thank you for the opportunity of ministry to the community for over 55 years. And as Nancy has shared this with members of our, our congregation, I share it by the, by the airways that we will be having space available, space ab- available here at Olivet United Methodist for students and available space. And Nancy writes, and I quote her in my prayer, that is, Many are aware the current pandemic, pandemic has been exceptionally stressful on many, many small businesses with disruptions in our ability to provide adequate services to our clients and to recruit competent help. Changing regulations and governmental direction have only compounded the difficulty we have experienced in maintaining an exceptional child care service, which are we have provided over the past 55 years, and most of them at Olivet, Olivet United Methodist Church. In addition to administration difficulties, Nancy writes that she's considered retirement for some time now and have come to believe that now would be an appropriate time for that to occur. She has not come to this conclusion lightly and has discussed both her plans and her business considerations with the Child Care Board of Representatives. And while it saddens her and many parents, everyone involved, we we have mutually agreed the time has come to close Robin's child care at Olivet United Methodist and to Nancy to pursue other opportunities in retirement. And for the reasons stated above, the last day will provide services to this child care has been set by, for Thursday, Thursday, September 2nd, 2020. She writes that we will continue to occupy our space and pay rent while we empty out our many years of accumulated equipment and supplies. And she thanks all those by way of television and radio and YouTube for their support and all of its support and encouragement all these years. She concludes by saying that All of it, United Methodist, is a special place, and we were blessed to have been in this location for so many years. Nancy writes, director of the Robin Child Care. Lord, we pray that you would bless Nancy and the students and the child care staff and parents. We pray, Father, that you would fulfill, grant them fruits, fruits from their labors, over all those years we pray also father for as we consider our specific specific needs at all of it united methodist and as we consider j hop and the many concerns lord of our future we pray that you'd grant us wisdom and we pray for those by way of television and radio that we thank them for their your prayer support your financial support and we will continue on as the lord as the lord leads and we pray for discernment in our our future we pray father that you'd continue to bless us and keep us and make your face to shine upon us and be gracious and merciful unto us as you've taught us to pray saying together our father who art in heaven hallowed be thy name thy kingdom come thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. At this time, I'd like to uh, encourage you to turn in your Bibles, turn in your Bibles for our scripture reading and I'd like to give you an ample amount of time reading from God's Word, Matthew chapter 19. Matthew chapter 19, verses 1 through 15. If you're by way of television or radio, we encourage you to um, follow along in Matthew chapter 19, verses 1 through 15. And as we discern God's principles many have asked that I share on this and this particular Sunday was seen to be an appropriate Sunday to share on this so if you have your Bibles and immediately following I'm going to call on Robin if she can be prepared share a little bit about her plans as she represents all of it United Methodist Church and in as kind of a, a lay delegate so if you'd be prepared to so let us turn to Matthew chapter 19, verses 1 through 15, please. God's words in Matthew chapter 19 reminds us of the important of, importance of marriage and the sanctity of marriage. And Jesus was p- speaking to an interesting audience here, and he was preaching about divorce. It's a subject that's been on the increase even within Christian families. And there were two uh, religious teachings, the uh, Shemu, Shemu. And the Himmel, Himmel. The more liberal thought in Himmel, Jewish scribes and scholars believe that uh, you could get a divorce for any, any particular reason, any particular cause. Chimu really went f- back to Moses, and Moses in the Old Testament said the only quality, the only reason for a divorce is if there was found to be what they termed the word fornication or uncleanliness or infidelity or making it the vow of the one flesh covenant. And that broke down into any form of like nakedness or lewdness or sexual promiscuity, that fornication or premarital sex. And as we read this word of God, Jesus was being addressed by a question and he answered it among this very divisive crowd crowd of religious scholars it seemed like they would train for kind of any little gnat and then almost swallow the plank you know and, and God's word says when Jesus had finished saying these things he left Galilee and he went to the region of Judea beyond the Jordan and it says large large crowds followed Jesus and Jesus cured them And some Pharisees came to Jesus, and attest Jesus. They asked, is it lawful for a man to divorce his wife for any cause? And Jesus answered, have you not read that the one who made them at the very beginning made them male and female? And said, for this reason a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one, one flesh. So they are no longer two but one flesh therefore what god has joined together let no one separate and then they came to jesus they came to jesus and and they said why why then did moses command us to give a certificate of dismissal and to divorce her and jesus said to them it was because you were so hard-hearted that moses allowed you to divorce Are wise, but from the beginning it was not so and i say to you whoever divorces his wife except for untastity prior to marriage or during marriage fornication or adultery and marries another commits adultery his disciples said to him if such is the case of a man with his wife it is better not to marry but jesus said to them not everyone can accept this teaching but only those to whom it is given. For there are eunuchs who have been so from birth, and there are eunuchs who have been made eunuchs by others, and there are eunuchs who have made themselves eunuchs for the sake of the kingdom of heaven. Let anyone anyone accept this who can. May God bless the, the reading and the hearing of his word. And at this time, is Robin prepared to... Uh, share robin as she uh, hustles up here gets in place here has been willing to represent us at the new kind of satellite many of you I, I just heard on the radio christian radio this morning that a number of other united methodist churches have decided to break away from uh, methodism and uh, if they break away prior to the the decision the trustee clause says that the united methodist church the current United Methodist Church has first dibs on property and if they do break away you have to pay for previous conference support. Why don't you take the pulpit there Robin? I trust what you're going to say and I'm going to be at the liberty to correct anything.
1: Good morning you know. um and so Speak will...
0: very distinctly into the mic and kind of slow down a little bit for some of us that may be 23 years older than you
1: Sorry about that, I just ran from upstairs in my cage. As Randy was saying about the the conference, one of the things I do is my friend Clint, who's a brother in the Lord, and his wife Judy, who's a sister in the Lord, once a week we get together over the phone and we do prayer and Bible study, and sometimes Claudia and I will do our own. One of the things the Lord has been showing me is repentance because... We look how I mean this. We need repentance to come back to the Word of God, and we're seeing the fruits of. First of all, the I'm going to say this: Osseo School District has now confirmed they are going to have transgender. They're going to let transgenders do what they want in the middle schools and high schools, as well as critical race theory. I'm going to tell you that is a lie from Satan. It needs to be burned and back to where it came from. Another thing that keeps getting shown to me is repentance. This nation has had it too good, and we need to repent. What's going on in the West Coast, that's judgment. The whole If you look at the maps, the whole entire West Coast is literally on fire. What is going on out there? Sin, more sin and more sin. And people say to me, well, we can't control this. Well, we got to do this. No, you can. It's called get back to the roots of what this nation stood for, get back and put Bible back in the schools, and in the and and in the parks, like the Ten Commandments. One of the things that has happened to me is when last Tuesday, me Clinton Judy were uh, doing about repentance and about this country going back. And a couple of the verses that we were going on was Second Chronicles 7:14. If my people who called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face. And turn from the wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sins. This drought going on is not only geo this drought is also a judgment from God, because the last time we had this was 1988, and I don't even know, this one may be worse than 1988, and that's God saying, wake up. What's going on in a state that's sin? We have prostitution, we have druggies, we have We're number one in sex trafficking. What are we doing about it? We're turning a blind eye. We're not doing anything. We have tyranny going on right now in New York, Minnesota. And what are we doing about it? We're doing nothing. We just turn a blind eye. We're basically thumbing our nose. When are we going to be the church and rise up and say enough is enough? No more compromising. The song that comes to me is the the White Cross song saying, Enough, enough, enough is enough. No more white lies, time to hang tough. When are we, the church, going to hang tough? Instead of going, well, we can't do that, that's offensive. You know what? I'd rather be offensive to the world than the Word of God. The last thing I want to see happen is the Lord saying, I never knew you. And the way things are going, it's, some things scare me. One of the things that was shown to me is two, three nights ago, I ended up calling Claudia because. After Clinton and I got done playing and got done with a Bible study out of Second Chronicles, I was smelling smoke around me. Not like cigarette smoke. The vent nothing was open, just around me. I called Claudia thinking I was crazy. Claudia told me her husband was my rabbi and she's and it's like she's still one of my mentors and will be until the Lord says, You guys come home. She told me that what was going on, the Lord was showing me the seven bowls and revelation and the prayers of the saints and the bowls that are yet to be busted. One or two things is gonna happen to us as Christians. I'm not saying this to scare anybody. I'm telling you through through the hardcore truth. One or two things will happen. A, we will either be raptured out here, or B, some of us who may not be raptured out here will be dying as martyrs. And I'm not saying this to scare you. I'm saying this to be ready. Because you know what? The Lord could come right here, right now. And I'm gonna say, are you ready? If they're sinning your life, I don't think so. They're sinning my life. I'm not perfect. And another thing too is this hot weather. Comes a somewhat sermon that my that former pastor from the core would do in the church. Um, pastor Tom would say, "If you think this is hot, hell is a lot hotter than this. That's what happens when you don't repent." He would, and this is what happens when you don't repent. You think this is hot? I don't think so. It's going to get a lot hotter than this and I agree. I mean, it's like I don't tell you. Everything going on this division is a lie from is a life from Satan. Everything going on in this world is a lie. And when are, and I I want to say this, when is the church going to rise up and say enough is enough? We're not compromising. We're not going to back down. We don't care what we're called. When are we going to grow a spine and stand up church? Church. This is your time to shine. I'm speaking to every church that's on fire for the Lord in Minnesota, California, the United States. When are we going to stand together as a church for the Lord, saying enough is enough? Because I'll tell you, when people say to me another thing, um, gun control, I tell people, we only have three problems in this country. We have a God problem. We have a heart problem and a sin problem. If we fix the God problem, the heart and sin problem fix themselves. So if we fix one of the, those three problems, the other two fix themselves.
0: Thank you, and if you have any comments that you'd like to share, um, do let Mike know, and and he kind of controls, you know, the lay response. And um, Mike and Tina were unable to sleep last night, so they're just um, trying to catch up, and do keep Mike and Tina in your thoughts and your prayers, and I do believe that uh, God is raising up like in the Old Testament he, he raised up Deborah and Hannah and a number of the other females in the Old Testament and Lois and Eunice in the New Testament and kind of you got to remember that, that it was the women that were, were the first ones at the cross and they were faithful at the cross and even when they took Jesus off the cross and a lot of the males they were just running to and fro and they were worried. and then they were the first ones to the uh, to the resurrection witness the resurrection of mary god says in the last days he's going to be a speak to to all of us if we're willing to listen you know so you know i'm i'm just really careful about what i share from the pulpit i'm i'm always so grateful for our sunday school class and ira does such a wonderful job there are sims and we do encourage those who have questions to come you know, send us a, a question, and we try to respond as quickly as possible. We send out a number of bulletins each uh, each week. Uh, postage is getting more difficult. I understand they're going to raise postage again. But we really appreciate those who will faithfully pray for us and faithfully provide. Yesterday, I had the opportunity to spend a number of hours with a number of people. I was at an auction a Rose City where uh, Vern and I went a number of times. We've taken some of our folks up there, uh, Kurt and George. and uh, Normally the question that I ask when I get to auctions and I spend time with a number of persons, I, I'll say, well, where are you standing with the Lord? And, and are you going to church? And, and the response I get is just, uh, you know, from these you know, really godly, on-fire Christians, they say well you know our church hasn't really come back yet you know we're still a little concerned about the COVID and those churches that have come back they just it's so hard for them to to rebound and especially those churches that didn't take advantage of the stimulus the stimulus and now I understand well Kathy was very apologetic that she neglected to respond to the stimulus you know and and um so that i think that but uh, you know people are are really they want they want to be fed they, you know they're hopefully they're they're studying their bibles at home and hopefully they're praying at home and and but um, given an excuse you know people oftentimes will choose not to come to church but it seems like uh, the clubs and the bars and the games and and the targets and various institutions are seem to be Thriving and even amidst the, the distancing, and you know, who knows if we're going to go back to distancing and in mass again? You know, so there's a lot for us to pray about. I'm going to try to be, you know, as faithful. And my um my wish is always that, you know, God would keep me going until I die in the pulpit. I I never want to rust out. I want to burn out. You know, and so. Uh, I, I want to thank you for your prayers and I want to thank you for uh, your continual support here at Olivet and those who um, have not returned many of you are supporting us you know financially and and many of the more evangelical members of the United Methodist Church have returned but they and they're kind of in the struggling end I've talked with a number of other denominations you know Catholic and Protestant alike and it's just like wow, you know, the times that they're going through and the problems that many families are experiencing, you know, financial and spiritual, and just we're going through a kind of a repeat if you've studied the dark ages, and there is getting a lot of darkness, but and it's hard to understand. We've been going to a, a church Sunday afternoons at 4 o'clock over in Brooklyn Park that has a revelation study, and maybe I'll ask my wife to kind of share maybe at the close of the service, um, Revive Church, and they've been dealing precisely with prophecy for an hour and a half. You know, when you when you see things are getting worse, you know, and when you see uh, dismal things happening, you know, we've taken such a great hit in death, you know, and you, when you see or you go to an undertaker, I always think more, not of the undertaker, but the upper taker, the Lord, and making sure, you know, we're all kind of on the right road in you know physical the bible reminds us physical exercise profit but it doesn't profit like spiritual exercise and growing in the grace the grace and the strength as Jesus grew in wisdom and stature and favor with God and man these verses that we we have gives us the mind of Christ we talked a little bit about the mind of Christ in in Sunday school and in I never really know what Ira's going to be talking about. I like to kind of prepare all week and sometimes he prepares all week but then sometimes he takes a little detour on body once to have a question and we have those by way of telephone too that are listening. So if you would like to be a part of the, the service, our Sunday school class, we can now use our cell phones too, so do let us know. But these verses that that are before us here sometimes are avoided, avoided by ministers and churches. But these verses here, we have the mind of Christ declared on the subjects of, of two, two great moments, two great moments in the, the life and the times of Jesus Christ. One is the relationship between the husband and the wife. That's a, a relationship that Jesus described as a one flesh, a one flesh covenant was very important for the establishment of not only the heavenly kingdom but an earthly kingdom of peace here upon earth and he so went on to talk about the marriage feast of, of Christ in heaven that it would resemble a happy marriage and a happy family on on earth people kind of deviated by this by trying to associate the marriage as a tribe or something like we're some kind of a, you know, uh, I I don't even want to go in that direction, but the marriage is, is a blessing to produce family. And the other subject he deals with is the light in which we all regard our children, you know, our children, and then our grandchildren, and the nature of their souls. Now, that's something that I really considered over the years when I see sometimes uh, the developments in church attendance. Fortunately, I've been able, to, uh, o- almost half of my ministry, I've served in in areas where uh, oftentimes our church attendance would increase because, you know, we'd have a lot of guest uh, visitors in, in Deer River, you know, the lakes, uh, Deer Lake, and, that, and there were individuals that would come and they would worship with us and they considered their church more so when they were vacationing than when they were back home and they supported us and uh, we we grew even though they weren't present with us during the, uh, the rest of the year. They knew the financial needs and they they were very faithful and supporting and, and staples. The light of the souls of, of not only our children but the children that um, we educate and we touch and we've been so fortunate. To have uh, so many years, Nancy, and Nancy just a loving teacher, and although she has to be very careful crossing the, the bounds in um, religion, but she's done such a wonderful job, and and she's been so supportive of of all of it as we've announced, and we've kind of supported her by way of television, Robin Childcare, and that's why there's going to be kind of a real vacancy, not only financially, but, you know, seeing her face and seeing the kids, you know, outside and about our buildings. It's very difficult to overrate the importance of these two subjects, marriage and the care and the welfare of our our children and the souls of our grandchildren and maybe even our neighbors and the well-being of our nations. Our, the nation that you and I live in is is beginning to crumble, or it's been crumbling ever since. You know the difficulties that have occurred in in among our children and among our marriages, and the happiness of our society are they're closely connected with with the right views, right views upon upon our nation. Views that sometimes we've kind of categorized into the culture coming into the church, or the church going into the culture, and it's what worldview you have. If you you have a very secular worldview, if you're more grounded in the fake news, or if you're grounded in biblical view, the bi- biblical view. And I've seen an increase move in the world of the worldview, even among my clergy colleagues, by by their giving in to certain standards that they would have never. Given into before, there was a time when we had conference, and I'd go to conference, and Chris and I would get together with some of our fellow colleagues and colleagues that were very close. They were at my our wedding some, you know, 47 years ago, and they've gone through two or three marriages. Clergy couples, clergy couples, just really, you know, born again spirit, spirit filled people. Bob Tilton, who was. Um, one of the pastors of one of the largest churches in the United States for a number of years, little Chris and I a number of years ago back down to his Dallas church, a Word of Faith, a Word of Faith, where he had some you know prominent ministers speaking, you know Jimmy Bakers and Jimmy Swaggerts and a number of other ministers, and Bob Tilton went through a divorce and you know and ended up marrying Miss Texas, Miss Texas, and then he was cornered on by 60 minutes had an interview by 60 minutes he was cornered on a plane and was wondering why he left marty his first wife and married miss texas and he was going through divorce and justifications and and then the the various tv evangelists the prosperity gospel and the troubles that they're experiencing nations nations countries are only a, a, a collection of families and a good ordering of the family depends entirely on holding up and hoping on the various high standards of of respect for the marriage tie and the training the training of children the training of children and we ought to be the be very thank thankful that on both of these points we preach from this pulpit and i think we believe in our sunday school class and among the midst of our our parishioners that we're training right children, right children. And we ought to be very thankful that on both of these points, the great head of the church, Jesus Christ, has pronounced judgment so closely. And I think Robin touched on it, the fact of, you know, it's not only media that's influencing us, but the, the persons that are listening to the media and, and trying to discern what's, what's truth and reality rather than spending time in God's word and what God has to say. And with respect to marriage, our Lord teaches that husband and wife ought never to be broken off for the greatest of all causes, namely, actually, unfaithfulness or fornication or premarital sex or extramarital sex. The days when our Lord was upon earth, d- divorce was permitted among the Jews for the most trifling and curious of causes, uh, the practice thought that was taught by Moses was uh, almost uh, a reverent worst of evils Such as cruelty or, or murder was justified Had gradually become an enormous abuse And no doubt led to much immorality and brokenness Even in David's day David had wives of hundreds and concubines of hundreds Five hundred this and five hundred and that and the remark made by our Lord's disciples show the deplorable low state of public feeling on the subject. They said that if the, if the case of the man be so, it is not good to marry. They meant, of course, that if a man may put away his wife for any slight cause of burning the toast or, or not being on time, and there's such re- cases recorded among the priests of male and even shimmy all the various factions within the jewish jewish church that that they had better not marry at all because the sanctity of marriage the institution of marriage was being destroyed that god had created in in the book of genesis such language from the mouths of apostles sounds kind of strange to you and i today our lord brings forward a a widely different standard for the guidance of his disciples and his followers. Jesus first found his judgment on the original institution of of marriage. Jesus quotes the words used in the beginning of Genesis where the creation of man and the union of Adam and Eve are described as a proof that no relation, no relation should be so highly regarded as that of husband and wife, the sanctity of marriage, the procreation power of the one flesh he then backs up the quotation by these solemn solemn words that a man shall leave his father and his mother and shall cleave cleave to his wife that what god hath joined together let not man put asunder which are part of the the wedding vows and have been eliminated by certain factions of liberal Protestants and finally he he brings in the grave charge of breaking the seventh commandment against marriage contract after divorce for a very light and a frivolous causes Jesus said whosoever shall put away his wife Jesus says this who else shall ever put away his wife except for fornication some unfaithfulness to her or him prior to marriage and shall marry another, committeth adultery." It's very clear from the whole tenor of this passage that the relationship of marriage ought to be highly reverenced and honored among Christians. Till death, till death. It is a relationship which was instituted in paradise in the time of man and woman's purity and and innocency and is a chosen figure of the mystical union the mystical union which between, is between Christ and his church, which scripture we often refer to at in weddings, that Jesus performed his first miracle in Cana of Galilee between husband and wife. It's a, a relationship which nothing but death, nothing but death terminates. It's a relation which is sure to have the greatest influence on those whom it brings together for happiness or for misery, for good, or for evil. Such a relationship ought never to be taken into hand unadvisedly, as we say, unadvisedly, or lightly, or wantonly, but soberly, discreetly, and with the fear of the Lord and in due consideration. And it's only too, too true that, that the inconsiderate marriages are one of the most fertile causes of unhappiness. And too often it may be feared of sin and unfaithfulness. And then with respect to little children, with respect to little children, we find him moving so swiftly over into the fact of little children and our grandchildren, maybe the children that, that are our next-door neighbors because Jesus gave us that parable of the neighbor who is our neighbor. Our neighbor is the one that's in need. And with respect to little children, we find our Lord instructing us in these verses, both by word and both by deed, both by precept and both by example. And Jesus says, Little children, say it with me, little children. And Jesus says, All these children, red and yellow, black and white, they are precious in His sight. In the attack that's coming on the church and society of critical race theory, watch this very closely. Red and yellow, Jesus said. You know, we sang it from our youth. Precious are they in his sight. Red, yellow, black and white, they are precious in his sight. They were evidently tender infants, too young to receive instruction, but not too young to receive benefit, benefit by prayer. The disciples seemed to have thought them beneath their master's service. And Jesus began to repent rebuke those that brought them to him but he said suffer not hinder not keep them not away from me for as such belong the kingdom of god but this drew forth a solemn de- declaration from the great head of the church jesus christ jesus said suffer little children and forbid them not to come unto me for of such is the kingdom of heaven there's something uh, deeply interesting both in the language and the action of our lord jesus christ on this occasion here in scripture. We we know the weakness of, and the feebleness, both in mind and body, of a little infant. As I hold little children in baptism, or I hold my own little grandchildren, and publicly and privately, I, I sing to them. And they seem to be amazed, not by my voice, but by the words. The B-I-B-L-E, that's the book for me. The B-I-B-L-E. Bible. That's a book for me. And Jesus loves the children, all the children of the world, red and yellow, black and white. Jesus loves the little children. We, We know who it was who here took notice of infants and who found him in his busy ministry among grown up men and women to put his hands, to put his hands on them and to pray for them. It was a the eternal son of god it was that great high priest the king of kings and the lord of lords to whom to whom all things consist it was the brightness of the father's glory not and the express image of of his parents and his person in what the instructive picture the whole transaction places before your eyes and my eyes no wonder that the great majority of the church of christ have always seen in this passage a very strong though indirect argument in favor of infant, infant baptism, if not to secure their salvation, at least to initiate into the parents the importance of, of raising the child as they make their vows and their pledges to raise the child in a very biblical worldview worldview. Let us learn from these verses that the Lord Jesus cares tenderly for the souls the souls of little children and so should you and I care for the souls of our children our children and our grandchildren it's it is probable that Satan Satan the evil one Lucifer especially hates little children because Jesus said suffer not the little children for such belong the kingdom of God. It's very certain that Jesus specially loves little children. Young as they are, as pure as they are, they're beneath the thoughts and and the attention of the worldview. They're always concerned about pleasing parents until almost the age of innocence dissolves before them. And that mighty heart of his, Jesus has room for the babe in the cradle as well as for the king on the throne Jesus regards each one as possessing within its little body an undying principle that will will outlive the pyramids the pyramids of Egypt and and see sun and moon quenched at the last day when the soul will go on forever and ever and with such a passage as this before us we may surely hope well before the salvation of all who die in infancy of such is a kingdom, such is the kingdom of heaven. And finally, in closing today, let us draw from these verses encouragement to attempt great things in the religious instruction of not only ourselves as examples, examples for our children and our grandchildren. Let us begin from their very earliest years to deal with them as having souls, souls uh, like an empty black, Chalkboard to be saved and to strive to bring them to Christ. Let us make them acquainted with the B I B L E because that's the book for you and that should be the book for them as soon as they are, can understand. And even before they understand, I oftentimes would take the tape recorder and even during pregnancy I would place that tape recorder on Chris's tummy and I would play the New Testament. I continue to play the New Testament and you know, you play the New Testament and it kind of automatically go off during the night, but scripture is always a part. And I, even in in latter years, I'd put the uh, tape recorder by the register, the register in our room, and I'd kind of turn up the volume and the kids would often say, you know, dad, your hearing must be somewhat leaving you because we can hear We can hear the tape recorder going in in our rooms, and I would play the tapes of Scripture. Let us begin from very earliest of years to, to deal with them as having souls, souls to be lost, souls to be saved, and strive to bring them to Christ. Father, this morning as we close in prayer, by way of television and radio, let us make ourselves truly acquainted with the Bible and our children and our grandchildren are acquainted with the B-I-B-L-E as soon as they can understand anything. Let us pray with them and pray for them and teach them to pray for themselves. We may rest assured that Jesus looks with pleasure on, on such endeavors and is ready to bless them. We may rest assured that such endeavors are not in vain. Otherwise, they'll grow up with a worldview rather than a biblical view of society and nature in their life and the seed that is sown early is often found after many days, and happy is the one whose infant members are cared for as such, and as they are communicated through life. For the blessings of him that was crucified will surely be on the church. He puts husbands and wives in marriage and little children. He prayed for them all. And with every head bowed and every eye closed, the the initiation into the kingdom of God is, is what I consider the ABCs that all of us have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And then we need to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. And then we need to see, confess him as our Lord and Savior. With every head bowed and every eye closed and those Christians in prayer, we, we just want to thank you for the television station the radio stations, our technicians that make this possible. Let us pray together. Dear Jesus, We thank you for the forgiveness of your sins. Help us to confess you as our Lord and Savior. For we are your children, and we call you to be our Father. In Jesus' name, amen. Before we turn to our offertory prayer, I need the Every Hour Purple Hymnals, number 397. Would you join me in the offertory prayer? I believe, Chris, did you want to circulate those prayers? Would you be willing to be an usher there? Let's turn to the offertory prayer and agree in the prayer. Mighty and all-knowing God who sees us as we are and as we might be, what offering can we give that will bring you joy? We have brought gifts this morning that you might dedicate them to the work of caring and compassion in our neighborhoods, in our nations, and throughout the world. Yet all the money we have can't accomplish what you have. Can make happen if we simply let Christ dwell in our hearts. Not for an hour on Sundays, but every hour of every day. This is the offering we dedicate this day. In Christ our Redeemer we pray. Amen. Would you turn with me now to our offertory hymn in our purple hymnals, number 397 I Need Thee Every Hour. Please stand. Mighty and everlasting God, as we bring our gifts and lay them at your altar, we remember the crowds in Jerusalem who laid their cloaks on the road shouting Hosanna as Jesus passed. We know they were looking for a Messiah who was different from who you sent Jesus to be, not one of the political power, the military might, but one who came in compassion and mercy to heal, love and save. Search our hearts that we might be confident, that the Messiah for whom we long is the one you know we need. Jesus the Christ, your anointed one. We pray this in your name as we pray your divine benediction upon Nancy and we pray for Jay Hop and we pray for our congregation as we've stood for righteousness and morality. And now may the grace and the peace and the love of God our Father Almighty Go forth and abide with us all. In Jesus' name, amen.